Hello, everyone. I am Carla Jakubovic, hostess of the Swiss Learning Podcast, and thanks for listening. Swiss Learning represents 16 prestigious schools in Switzerland, and they're experts at finding the right fit for each student. This season, we will showcase our heads of schools to share their stories and insights with you. This morning, we welcome Philippe de Corrodi, head of school at Champité in Lausanne. Philippe, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Oh, thank you for inviting me, Carla, and uh, bonjour à tous. Bonjour, bonjour. Philippe, tell us about where you were born and raised. Tell us about how you grew up. All right. I was born in a city nobody has heard of apart from uh, the Swiss. It's called La Chaux-de-Fonds. It's actually in city in the center of the Swiss watcher industry. My dad was an immigrant from Hungary. He had to escape the Soviet invasion of Hungary during the Second World War and really literally crossed the border only with a suitcase in his hand. And on the other side, my mother came from Germany, northern Germany in, in Hamburg. And uh, I have a younger brother, a um, formidable uh, friend and, and, and my bro, uh, two years younger than me. I am an alumnus from Champité. So I did all my secondary school here, which is truly wonderful. Uh, because in my view, the school is a community of values. And these values have not changed from the time I was here as a student and the time I'm here as a head of school. There is a very specific uh, Champité spirit, which is nurtured by, by students, families, colleagues and uh, alumni. Who was your childhood hero and why? Uh, regarding my hero, uh, the immediate person that came to my mind was Lawrence of Arabia. Wow. Uh, I was really uh, captivated by the man, by Thomas Edward Lawrence. You know, he was a British archaeologist and, and photographer. He visited the Middle East and became fond of the Arab culture. And he went on to become an intelligence officer in the British army. And he greatly contributed to the liberation of the Arab uh, areas against the Ottoman Empire. He wrote a book called The Seven Pillars of Wisdom. It's on my shelf uh, ever since. And uh, what I really admired, of course, was his courage, his curiosity for other cultures, and his capacity to become welcomed and respected by uh, people from a completely uh, different culture. And, he had an impact on, on the historical events in this era, a very strong impact. But he's not a one-sided character. He, he's got, you know, weaker points and sometimes a darker side of his personality. But that makes him also very likable. Absolutely. And in, in speaking of memorable people, could you tell us about a meaningful teacher or mentor who impacted your life? Oh, yeah, with pleasure. Um, I think two of my teachers here at Champité really had a deep impact on me. The first one was called Mr. Bouchard. He was a teacher of history and I became fond of history. He had a particular way of uh, let his, uh, letting us both learn content, but have a, a critical view on, on history. You know, history, as we say, is generally written afterwards by the victors, if it's a, if it's a war, or by uh, people who look backward and rewrite everything. So we need to be uh, uh, highly conscious of that. That uh, looking at history is a very subjective exercise, and we need to nurture it with with, with facts. So that that was the the key learning. 
The second one was called Professor Nicola. He did one absolutely great thing. Every Friday afternoon, you know, you're getting uh, tired. We were happy to go on the weekend. He read us a book instead of uh, uh, studying. So he had a very deep and calm voice. And he you read these wonderful books. We were all completely focused on listening to him. And uh, it's probably one of the reasons why I have become a complete bookworm. <laughs> so I have piles of books and I try to read as much uh, as I can. So they, they, they really had a great influence on me. It's crazy how much of an impact teachers have in all of us. Well, you're absolutely right, Carla. And I say this to the teachers. I, I, I try and make them conscious of their power, which is associated with the sense of responsibility for the kids. I think one word from a teacher can give the greatest possible confidence to a kid. And reversely, if you do the wrong thing, you can have a very detrimental effect. Then we work on solutions if that happen. But but really, there is a lot of power in, in, in teachers. And, and for kids, most important people in their life are their parents. But just after comes the teacher. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And Philippe, you mentioned you were an alumnus yourself at Champité. Did Back in the day, did you already envision yourself making a career in education? How did you end up in this industry? Oh, not at all. I had absolutely <laughs> no plan to come into education. And uh, like many people nowadays, I had several turns in my in my career. Uh, just that, you know, I, I started my professional life uh, after my studies at Lausanne University in law and in international relations at the LSE in London. I, I went into business, I worked uh, or I was lucky enough to be uh, employed by such great companies, employers as Nestle, the world food leader, and to quote another one in Switzerland, Carondash is a maker of uh, luxury writing instruments and art supplies. I mean, absolutely great, great companies. Uh, at some stage, uh, the owners of Champite called me, they knew I was an alumnus, there was a bit of a tumultuous time at the at the school. It happens to schools, like it happens to families and 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 businesses. And uh, they wanted me to turn around the school while nurturing its specific culture, of course, but make it a permanently improving uh, organization. I initially said no because not being a teacher, not having worked in education, I I was directing my capacity. But it started a, a thought process and I surprised myself by spending an hour every evening looking at educational issues on the internet, doing research, etc. But the moment of truth came on a Saturday morning. I was having breakfast with my two daughters and I told them about uh, the call I had received and they immediately, without thinking twice, came back to me and said, oh, dad, you need to pick up the job. You're a great teacher. I said, but, you know, I've never taught in my life, but they were referring to the way I supported them in, in their homework. And they said I had an ability to translate complex ideas into, uh, you know, easier concepts. Uh, and so I said, then I'm going to call the guy back. I called back, we agreed quickly, and I joined the school uh, eight years ago. Wow. So it was actually inspired by your own daughters. I was definitely inspired to make the decision by my daughters. Definitely. They had a big influence on me at that time. That's fantastic. 
And Philippe, you were mentioning that you were tasked with turning around the school and everything that was going on. How would you describe your leadership style? Yeah, I I think the closest notion to my view of leadership is servant leadership, meaning that you're endowed with an honor of serving the school community uh, in a specific role. Every role is important. I mean, if you're a school bus driver, a gardener, a teacher, an accountant, you, you serve the school and, and somebody has to take, you know, the whole of uh, the, the headship, of course. I feel I have more obligations than rights. Um, I, I really try to empower people and implement the idea of distributed leadership because the school is so complex. There is no way one person can, you know, have an impact on everything that is going through. And, and, and so I, I definitely trust people. I do not uh, attempt to micromanage them. Of course, when you initially trust people, there is a downside, meaning if people breach your trust, then, you know, you can become, let's say, quite reactive uh, uh, to it. That's probably the, the downside. When I try and describe my role, I really see myself as the chief school culture officer nurturing the culture at the school and and probably recently I have also added sustainability as one of my priorities here uh, you know it really need to be led by the top because there are many implications of sustainability uh, including of course cost and investments I also try to be where the action is taking place there is always a risk that the head of school, you know, being always on the phone on conference calls and in the office, forgets about walking through uh, early years uh, at the bowling house, being there for dinners, and 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 really uh, walk the, the the talk. And and one of my roles is also that of spokesperson for for the school. Absolutely, but I do love that you mentioned servant leadership. I've read several books on it, and I'm a huge fan of the concept myself. Philippe, what's something most of us don't know about Champité? <laughs> That's a good question, Carla. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind would be, I think we excel in preparing students to Swiss universities. And Swiss universities, you probably saw the latest QS ranking uh, are really ranked globally number three in the world. So probably the US is gathering the most top university in the world, UK being second, but but then comes tiny Switzerland, you know, a, a country of 9 million inhabitants. So we've got absolutely great uh, uh, higher studies institutions. And by the way, which people generally don't know, they're free of charge by government policy. So I think we're very good at preparing students, either Swiss or from all over the world that want to study in Swiss universities. And maybe another thing that we might not know, but we launched three years ago a new pedagogical approach called the Forest School, because we are fortunate enough to be on a campus, which you know, Carla, with you know plenty of trees and green around. And the idea is just like, Teaching and learning does not necessarily have to happen between four walls or six, if you count the bottom at the top. And it can happen among trees. 
uh, with insects around, uh, you know, with a bit of wind or even rain sometime, you can do great learning uh, by modifying your your uh, teaching and learning approach. So that's something very uh, a core at, at Champité right now. And nature itself, I feel like it's one of the highlights of, of Switzerland and one of the amazing things that it has to offer. So if you can combine both, then truly the best of both worlds. Absolutely. And Carla, if you think of, uh, you know, mental balance, which is one of the big issues nowadays in, in schools, if you think of the negative effects on being too much on the internet, on screens, etc., the solution, the remedies is reconnect to nature uh, very often. So I've, I think we really need to drive this through despite the little lack of comfort of being exposed to, uh, you know, the the weather uh, versus the classroom, of course. But we are very keen on pursuing this. Wonderful. Philippe, what three words would you use to describe Champité? Yeah, that's the easiest uh, uh, a question for me because we are really working on the basis of three verbs. They are learn, act, and love. In French, connaître, agir, et aimer. And this is at the core of everything we do and it translates to, to everything. So learn is about learning who you are yourself, you know, kids. It's a long, it's a lifetime process. By the way, I'm still learning about myself. It's, it's to learn how to live with others. That's, you know, learning in, in our societies, be good citizens, openness to other cultures and opinions. But it's, of course, then learn specific knowledge and, and think critically. Action or to act is, is we think that it's better to act than talk. And for example, very often as human beings, we're faced with uh, challenges and we don't know if we go left or right, etc. Our recommendation is in case of doubt, act anyway, choose one course and, and, and do it much better than to stand still. And in action, there is also engaging with others and, and really be passionate about something. Don't be superficial. And if you like only one thing, then be passionate about that one thing because it will, you know, allow you to, to blossom and to accomplish yourself. And what we also ask our students is to engage in charity and, 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 and service. And we, of course, like good thinking, but we prefer good action, I would say. And the third is love. It's, it's love yourself. Without loving yourself, you can't love the others. Uh, then love the others, but also love nature. Uh, protect it, nurture it, uh, be kind and, and respectful. So it's really these three words, learn, act and love. These are amazing. I, I, I really, really enjoy listening to you describe how that the actual implications of each one of those in the, in the lives of all the students. Speaking of students, could you tell us about a memorable one? Does anyone come to mind? No, Carla. I'm, I must <laughs> say, no, clearly it's impossible to think of only one student because... As educators, you know, we, we wake up every morning, we come to school with the idea that we can support all young people equally to, to develop. But of course, when you ask about students, the ones that come to my mind are, of course, the more engaged students. So student delegates that have a voice with, student, uh, with the school leadership, the students who take part in the Collège Champité Charitable Foundation, uh, I um, also have in mind uh, and have fond memories of student uh, artistic performances, 
be it music or visual art, uh, for example. And uh, I have behind me a sculpture which I bought uh, back in uh, 2015 from a Belgium student named Marie. It's still there in my office. I, I, I cherish the, the memory of that. The funny thing is that when talking with my colleagues, we don't only remember those brilliant students that go to top universities. Sometimes students that come with problems, issues, challenges in life have a deeper impact on us because we see what we can bring them and we are not always successful, but I would say most of the time and, and they have a deep impact on us, not necessarily the most scholarly students, you know. And the funny thing is that these students tend to come back to school more often than the others after they, they have uh, uh, graduated. And by the way, it's beyond the school. I try and keep in touch with our graduates. Uh, LinkedIn, the professional social network is, is very useful for that. And cultivate relationship. Let them reflect upon their time at school and ask them also to give um, their advice to our current students, you know, what to do. They have more influence on our current students than me. I'm an old man of 59. When they see a fresh graduate in first year at university coming back to them, these guys are very, very credible. So that, that's how we keep in touch with, uh, you know, the larger community of the school, including alumni. That's wonderful, Philippe. And Champite has been around for 120 years now. How do you innovate without compromising tradition? Yeah, so you mean Champite, not the head of school, of course, Not, not you. <laughs> Thank you to <laughs> specify this, Carla. Well, I would say it, it might sound like a, you know, a declaration, but I think our main tradition is innovation. And, and there is no uh, a contradiction in, in it. To be more specific, we our main heritage is is our values, the values we cultivate, and and they are transgenerational. Innovations come more in terms of the pedagogical approach. You know, technology for education is one. The forest school approach, for example, or the latest uh, discoveries of cognitive sciences, which we apply at school. Yeah, and and I agree with that. I graduated myself twenty five years ago from Le Roche. And I recently had the, the opportunity to go back to Blush and revisit. And although a lot of the rules and, and a lot of the facilities have, of course, changed and improved, it, it warmed my heart because I feel that the values haven't. It's still the same principles that were in place 25 years ago. So I feel that, you know, what you're saying is absolutely true. You can innovate and you can improve and you can do many things without compromising the values because those transcend the decades and the years. Philippe, the school has a difficult task, which is to prepare students for a world that will be much different from what we know today. What does that process look like? So we, we, don't, we can't read the future uh, more than anybody else, right? We don't have a crystal ball there. What I would say simply is what a parent uh, told me about the school. They say we'd like the school to be like a Swiss knife, meaning that you have a blade for every possible need of the future. And I, I, I like the idea. I like the idea too. Um, what's the best problem to be solving in 2023? Making sure that... Uh, the issues that some of our students may have with mental balance and well-being are solved. 
and uh, connect them back to to nature, uh, make them take a step back from the importance of social networks, and you know get their attention focused on their passion rather than what happens on the internet. Absolutely. And Philippine, speaking of the children, kids are quote unquote molded during the, their time at school, and they certainly leave transformed. In which aspects do you feel Champite contributes the most? I think the very essence of what we do is to educate leaders for service or leadership through service. Leaders, or you might call them influencers or initiators or entrepreneurs or movers and shakers, they are the ones that have an impact on others and on society. And we have the luck to have a bit more affluent families here. And I think, again, it creates more obligations than it creates rights. And they need to give back and be useful to society. Absolutely. Do you envision traditional classrooms to exist in the future? What does the future of education look like to you? Well, for me, it's quite clear because schools, in my opinion, are first and foremost places where pupils learn to integrate in society beyond their families. You know, they socialize and become citizens. And that can only be done on a campus, on a sport field, in a classroom. So education is is and will always be linked to the classroom, even if then you complement with you know technology and distant learning. But these are only complements to the core uh, education mission, which happens in the classroom, meeting people, meeting students, and meeting uh, with teachers. Absolutely agree. Philippe, what does success mean in your role? I set myself a, a very humble objective, Carla. If I can allow one student per year to find his or her life path, it fulfills me entirely. Any other student above one is, is just a bonus. <laughs> it's a bonus. <laughs> I love that. I really do. Philippe, any final message or advice for parents and students who are considering joining Champite? I would say students and parents, join a community of values, be engaged in your learning, uh, take part in our numerous activities and, and also work for teachers, support the teachers. They, they have a hard job and they do it well. So together we can make it and make the school a, a, a you know, place of innovation, uh, peace and own accomplishment. Wonderful. Philippe, I've really enjoyed having you with us this morning. Thank you so much. Likewise. Likewise, Carla. Thanks. If any of our listeners wish to continue this conversation, can they find you on LinkedIn? That's going to be very easy. Just type my name. I'm there. Wonderful. And if anyone else has any other questions about anything else they heard on the podcast today, feel free to reach me at carla at swisslearning.com. Thanks for listening and until next time.